Hello and welcome to episode number 163 of the Agro Innovations Podcast. This episode of the podcast has been released onto agroinnovations.com slash podcast on Wednesday, January 14th, 2015. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this episode of the podcast will be featuring two separate guests. Uh, the first is the director of Food Tank, Danielle Nuremberg. And she's going to be talking about an upcoming event in the Washington, D.C. area that is being organized and hosted by Food Tank about the local food movement around the world. And Danielle will have much more to say about that in my interview with her. If you are coming to this podcast through a share by Food Tank or somebody else who has linked to this episode, you should know that the Agro Innovations Podcast has been dealing with issues of local food, both in the United States and around the world, for many years, uh, over now 163 episodes. And I think many of the themes that have been covered on this podcast will be of great interest to you. So please dive into that archive. Everything is archived on agroinnovations.com slash podcast. And a lot of great thought leaders in the food movement have been interviewed over the years uh, from permaculture, organic agriculture, holistic management. Many, many different themes have been covered. So please check that out. And we will continue to cover many of these issues in the future. So you should continue to tune in. And I'm hoping to continue to collaborate with Food Tank and other people who are associated with them. And in fact, at the conclusion of this episode, I will have upcoming some previews of what's uh, to come on the Agro Innovations podcast. Some pretty important topics, especially if you're an agricultural producer and uh, interested in farm diversification and the economics of farm diversification, you definitely want to tune in. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Agro Innovations, and you can like the Agro Innovations podcast on Facebook. There are links to both the Twitter feed and the Facebook page on agroinnovations.com. If you like this podcast and want to support the work that I do, consider donating. Click on the PayPal Donate button on the agroinnovations.com website. Now, enjoy my interview with Danielle from Food Tank. On this episode of the Agro Innovations Podcast, we are joined by Danielle Nirenberg, and she is the director of Food Tank. Danielle Nirenberg, welcome to the Agro Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, why don't you tell us uh, briefly what is Food Tank and why is it important? Food Tank, our mission is to really cultivate individuals, organizations, and original research and content to push for food system change. And we do this through a number of different things. Um, one is uh, by convening events, and that's why we decided to have the first annual Food Tank Summit in collaboration with the George Washington University. We also publish original content on our website daily. We publish reports. We do interviews with experts. We really try to highlight stories of hope and success in the food system so that business leaders, regular eaters like you and me, policymakers, researchers and scientists, academics, youth, women, that they all feel inspired and know that there are hundreds and hundreds of examples of what's working to help, you know, alleviate hunger and poverty, uh, protect the environment, and really improve social justice in the food system. 
Now, a big part of the rationale and timing for this interview is that Food Tank, as you mentioned, is having a really big event upcoming in the Washington, D.C. area. Tell us more about this event. I know it's sold out, but there are opportunities for people to participate. Uh, So give us the breakdown. Sure. So next week, January 21st and 22nd, uh, again, in collaboration with the George Washington, George Washington University Office of Sustainability, we'll be having the first annual Food Tank Summit with 70-plus uh, leaders in the food system, students, uh, young people, uh, policymakers, farmers, chefs, and others who are really coming together to discuss the nuts and bolts of, of what it will take to to improve the food system over the next several years. And we want this, uh, this summit to be a conversation and a dialogue. Uh, it is sold out, as you mentioned, but we will be live streaming it for free on our website. Uh, we're asking people to uh, tweet us questions at hashtag food tank. We're working to um, get questions via our Facebook pages as well as uh, people can email directly to questions at foodtank.com. And um, I think what's exciting about this event is that the, the there will be no PowerPoint presentations. There will be a lot of conversation and dialogue. We, we recognize that the experts aren't only going to be those speaking from the stage, but also in our in-person audience and also our online audience. So we really want to create a conversation and, again, get to the, the nitty-gritty of what it's going to take to improve the food system. Well, my response to that is how dare you uh, not – destroy people's morale with uh, PowerPoint presentations without end. <laughs> Listen, you know, my uh, for the past 15 years, I've gone to hundreds of conferences where we all sit and, you know, sort of are, are uh, dumbed down by these PowerPoint presentations. And, and when we started conceiving this uh, summit, I really wanted to make it different. I mean, you know, there, we, we're going to have a, a, a lot of panels, uh, five each day, that really talk a lot about, um, again, the solutions. We want to talk about solutions to to food loss and food waste. We want to discuss how to improve urban uh, food systems. We want to look at better policymaking and research practices. So hopefully, you know, with the the group we've assembled, uh, we can really get at some of that and, and come up. You know, I, I I think what happens is a lot of conference at a lot of conferences is people expect to get all the answers, and we really realize that we're going to come away with more questions. And I think that's the whole point to really get people thinking and talking, and and uh, coming up with ideas and sharing them with others. Well, I I uh, actually all humor aside, I fully and wholeheartedly agree that uh, PowerPoint is a terrible way to manage a conference. And I congratulate you on your innovative and fresh approach. I, I appreciate that. I hope the audience will agree with you. Well, well, that remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that people will appreciate this format. Well, I think that, uh, you know, it's clear that when you get to all these people together, it's, it's ludicrous to think that there's 10 or 15 or 20 experts. They're going to tell everyone, as you said, all the answers. Yeah, and I mean, we, we, we really try to involve youth experts in, in the conference as well. And I'm going to be truthful. We didn't get as many as we would have hoped. But I think, you know, as we 
as we learn how to do these sorts of summits, these big summits better, I really want to get that youth perspective because they're the ones, you know, who have to fix everything that the rest of us have messed up. And they have really new, fresh ideas. And it doesn't matter if they're, you know, 12 or 19 or 25, their voices need to be heard at these conferences. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm tired of going to conferences where it's all old people telling the rest of us what to do. Um, and I, I think getting that youth perspective will be really important as Food Tank itself progresses and, you know, as we try to change sort of this conference format. Well, in a capitalist society, capital is king, and um, unfortunately, the people who have all the capital are all the old people who tell us what to do. Right, absolutely. It's it's the the, the you know the old men in suits who get to dictate things, and hopefully, we can change that a little bit. Um, you know, the the food tank. Uh, we are, we're still a very small organization. We're celebrating our our two year anniversary this year. Um, but we've made a big impact pretty quickly. And so I think, you know, the more that there are organizations that are, are sort of scrappy startups like Food Tank who can, you know, have the ability, we're not entrenched, you know, uh, with, uh, in a bureaucracy, you know, so many environmental and food groups are, are so big that they're beholden to, you know, either corporate sponsors or, or, uh, their membership who, you know, feels uh, very, you know, strongly about certain issues. And I think what makes Food Tank different is that we really listen to our members. We're, we're, we try to create a conversation. We, um, you know, I get thousands of emails every month from people who are writing me from all over the world. And we really try to incorporate their their viewpoints and their their ideas as much as possible because, that's important, and not many, not many environmental or food and food groups are able to do that. Well, um, tell us more about what people can hope to see in terms of the details of the event uh, if they're tuning into the live stream. I mean, I'm sure you're jazzed up about all the speakers and all the different things, but what are some of the things that you personally find? you know, the most intriguing or the most exciting or, you know, if you were looking in from the outside, you would say, well, that live stream, I definitely want to sit in on that. Yeah. And our agenda is posted online. So people, um, when you go to foodtech.com, it's pretty easy to find the agenda and the link to the live stream. So you can sort of choose how you want to spend the two days. I mean, I'm, you're right. I'm super excited about all of these panels, but I think, you know, the, the ones that probably stand out for me are uh, the, the, the the panel on uh, food loss and food waste. Ben Simon from the Food Recovery Network will be giving the keynote for that uh, particular panel. And, you know, he was just named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 Social Entrepreneurs and for his work with the Food Recovery Network and really trying to help students and campuses all over the country reduce their their food loss and food waste. And then find ways to creatively use food that would have otherwise been wasted and, and distribute it to community centers or homeless shelters or senior citizens' homes so that it, you know, it, it gets used, that it, all of the labor and the inputs and, and the natural resources that went into making that food don't go to waste. I'm also really, really excited that uh, Congresswoman Shelley Pingree will be closing the conference on the second day. She's a, a congresswoman from Maine. She's a farmer herself, and she's just, you know, leading the Congress in, in, in 
pushing for more sustainable uh, food production practices. So I'm really excited to, you know, she has such a great background and such a great story of being a farmer herself. So sort of hearing the, the policymaker view will, will be exciting. Um, one of my former classmates from Tufts University, Holly Freshtat, uh, works now with the Baltimore city government on, on helping sort of shape their food policies. And I'm really, really excited uh, to hear what she has to say. She'll be on the, the storytelling in the food system panel, and, and we'll talk about what policymakers need to hear from farmers themselves, from reporting on agriculture, to really help uh, policymakers and legislators better understand the needs of farmers and, and, and what, what, you know, how, what are the resources they need to do their jobs better. So all, I think all of our panelists are, are exciting, you know, uh, and, and we'll have a lot to share over the, over the two days. Well, uh, one of the things I noticed when I was on your website is a, a lot of organizations have this dichotomy between international development issues in agriculture and issues in agriculture in North America or the developed world. And you guys don't seem to make that distinction. It seems like you are uh, embracing the entire uh, food issues globally. Uh, tell us about that approach and you know why is that unique and why did you guys decide to take that approach? That was very important to us from the very beginning of Food Tank to really find ways to bridge global and domestic food issues. I mean, I think, you know, from my experience, uh, you know, working in the developing world and, and traveling to 50 plus countries, talking to farmers groups and scientists and academics and the whole range of stakeholders in the food system in, you know, sub-Saharan Africa and Asia and Latin America and Europe and the United States has really, you know, led me to, to believe and really think that, you know, whether it's malnutrition in Malawi or obesity in New Orleans where I live, they're really part of the, uh, of the same problem. A food system that's focused on filling people up with calories and not nourishing them. So it's always just been sort of from the beginning something that we wanted to, to do to bridge those two worlds and show how, you know, the problems that we're, we're facing stem from really the same issues. But that also means that the solutions can can stem from, from uh, the opportunities that are out there and, and really driving home that, you know, a lot of innovation, a lot of success is taking place all over the world uh, without government support in a lot of cases, without a lot of funding, without a lot of technological support. And yet, you know, there that farmers and communities and and villages and cities are finding ways to solve these problems on their own. Um, and imagine, you know, what it would look like if some of the funding, you know, that goes to to big ag could go to some of these other projects and the change that could happen. And so, you know, that's that's always been just part of our mission to really try to bridge those two worlds and not make it either domestic or international, but really look at it comprehensively and holistically. Well, a lot of um, large-scale producers in the United States, you know, one of the premises of Food Tank is that our food system is broken, yet a lot of these larger-scale farmers, you know, may take offense to that. Uh, have you found that? And if so, you know, how do we approach some of these folks and uh, get them at the table as well? 
I mean, I, I think even the big players, you know, know that, that, that something's wrong. When you have a billion, nearly a billion people who go to bed hungry each night and another 1.5 billion people on the planet who are overweight or obese, I think it's undeniable whether a big, you know, corporate player or a small farmer that something's not working, right? You know, we have, you know, uh, around 2 billion people who are living on less than 2 two dollars a day. We have, you know, another two billion people who are suffering from micronutrient deficiencies. You know, we, we, there's something messed up. And, and I think whether whether you're, again, a big corporate ag proponent or a smaller medium scale farmer, you realize that something's not working here. And so I don't I don't get a lot of pushback from from big corporations. I think um, food tanks uh, approach has been sort of agnostic. We, are, we, we try to be as unbiased as possible. Um, our, our news stories are, are just that, news stories. We try to report on, on what's going on in the world without an agenda. Um, we do write opinion editorial pieces, you know, with our partner organizations, including, you know, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, the Global Forum on Agricultural Research, you know, NGOs around the world and nonprofit organizations. So I, I think, you know, we don't get... We don't get criticized from from the big guys a lot, but uh, you know I think um, and I think that's because we all sort of understand that that something's not working right now. But we we have a lot of opportunity to change things, and that doesn't mean that big agriculture has to go away. I, I think there are ways that big ag you know can can make a lot of changes that they can learn from from smaller scale farmers that they can learn from what's going on in the global south. I, I think for so long, you know, the United States especially has looked at itself as sort of that we're going we're to teach everyone how to do agriculture our way. But, you know, the, the recent drought in California and the drought in the Midwest in 2012 have really, I think, um, you know, it, it hit home for farmers. They, you know, maybe they're not doing everything as well as they could in a changing climate. And, and maybe these big monoculture crops aren't aren't the best um the the best opportunity in a in a, a world facing climate change. So I think um I think people are, you know, coming around. I think there's a lot of uh of of, of ideas and and seeing that, you know, some of these things aren't working, but that there's a lot that can be done. Well clearly you're going to have a lot of momentum coming out of this uh, conference, and this conference is not uh, the end of the line for you guys, obviously. It's it's um, just one step in the journey. So what are your plans after your conference to capitalize on that momentum, and what comes next for Food Tank? This, you know, this is just the beginning of the conversation for us, and, and I, you know, I plan to, like I said before, I think we're going to get more questions than answers. And really try to um, highlight, you know, those questions over the coming months. You know, I think that we're going to get a lot of ideas from people in the audience, from the questions we get online, from the speakers themselves. And really start, you know, um, building uh, and and continuing the dialogue on each of these panels. I mean, we're talking from, you know, about everything from from uh, recognizing the importance of workers in the food system to, uh, you know, the need for better international agreements, uh, the idea of true cost accounting. There's going to be a lot of ideas that come out of this. And I don't want people to think that the conversation ends on, you know, uh, January 22nd at 5 p.m. when our conference ends. We plan to really highlight all of these 
these issues over the next year and, and, and share with our readers and our members you know, the progress that's being made, the, 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 the gaps in the research, what's still needed. Um, so, you know, this is really just the beginning of, of the dialogue for us. And is Cooperative Extension uh, really engaged with you guys, or are they um, not engaged with you guys? Do you, do you have a good relationship with Cooperative Extension? I mean, I do personally. It's not, you know, it's something that we highlight often, especially in our work around family farmers and the need, you know, not just in the United States, but also in developing countries for better extension services that really get to what farmers need. And I think, you know, uh, uh, over the last 30 or 40 years, and again, this is something that's similar in both developing nations and the Western world, that extension has sort of taken on the role of, of you know, uh, being sort of a, a, a peddler of, of uh, technologies or inputs that might be too expensive for farmers, whether it's, you know, agrochemicals or artificial uh, fertilizers. And I think now you're seeing sort of a reversal of that. You know, governments are recognizing that, you know, farmers can't always afford what extension agents are sort of pushing. So how can we change that paradigm and, and really get extension services to work for, for the, you know, for everyone and, and really serve farmers' needs better? Any concluding remarks as we uh, march towards this event uh, early next week? You know, I'm just, I hope people will visit foodtank.com. Uh, the, the summit itself is, is sold out. There are no tickets available at this point, which I'm, I'm sad about. But we will be having a dinner and reception the evening of the 21st in D.C. at Farmers, Fishers, Bakers. Chef Jose Andres uh, will be speaking at that event, as well as Congresswoman Pingree, uh, Jeremy Kranowitz from Sustainable America, Edible D.C., and many other great speakers. So there, there are still tickets available. We expect them to sell out soon, though. But I hope people will join us you know, in, in, in celebrating you know, the change that can happen in the food system. Well, Danielle Nirenberg, thank you very much for joining us uh, to tell us about this great event that you have coming up. Thanks for all the work that you do. And I encourage people to uh, get on that live stream uh, as you can and participate in this great event. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I hope everyone visits foodtank.com. Okay, so that concludes my interview with Danielle Nuremberg, and she is the director of Food Tank. And as Danielle noted in the interview, go to foodtank.com. Uh, there is a live stream of this event coming up. So if you were unable to get tickets or if you were unaware of the event, now you have no excuse now if you, you you may be time constrained, so take a look at the program. As she said, the program is also on their website. So you can pick and choose the uh, sessions that you would like to participate in. Also, as she mentioned, hashtag Food Tank on Twitter and at Food Tank on Twitter as well, I believe. So you can send them questions and just participate in this conference in a number of interesting ways uh, that don't necessarily require that you be there. So moving on to part two of this episode, we have Eric Hoffner. Now, Eric will be appearing on next week's episode of Agro Innovations. So if you like what you hear here, you can hear a lot more from Eric, including uh, his background and some of the writings that he's done. He's both a writer and a photographer. 
and he covers a lot of uh, issues in sustainable food, organic food, and he's uh, done quite a bit of traveling to do that work as well. So I asked Eric Hoffner about the upcoming Food Tank event. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, in D.C. in a couple weeks, uh, it's January 21st and 22nd, there's a uh, – Food Tank is a really wonderful organization. It's They're the Food Think Tank is what they call themselves. I think they're based in Chicago, um, but um, they're, uh, they're showcasing great ideas and trends in agroecology through their channels all the time. And, and they sometimes get people together to have uh, a one or two day confab. And, and so they're, uh, this one's coming up in, uh, in uh, mid January. It's, uh, it's all sold out. Uh, already, but uh, there's going to be a live stream for it. Um, so anybody can go to, uh, I believe it's, uh, well, look up Food Tank on the website on on your search engines and you'll you'll find it. Sign up for the live stream because there's going to be 75 speakers there who uh, all will be more interesting than me, uh, but I will be there representing the things that I write about for, you know, Guardian and Grist and all the rest of them, but also for Orion. Uh, I'm on a panel about uh, writing the story of food, and um, there's uh, interesting people on the panel like Vicki Robin, the author, also Sam Fromarts, who, uh, who's a, an author, but also uh, uh, started FERN, the Food and Environment Reporting Network, which is a really incredible um, project that uh, capitalizes and, and helps produce great food reporting for really big magazines, uh, from Mother Jones to Rolling Stone. Um, so I'm on a panel with those folks talking about, you know, the narrative around food and how you, how you tell the story and, you know, what kinds of stories are we telling and someone from NPR is involved too. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, if you're in DC, you should come Frank. Well, I don't think I'll be in DC actually. I'll, I'll, probably be somewhere in South America. <laughs> so I'll be, oh, I'll tough. be quite a ways away from DC, but uh, I, I may nice. tune into that, uh, to that live stream. Uh, and what, what, um, tell us about some things that people might get excited about in terms of this live stream and things that, uh, or themes that they might want to tune into or keep their eye on. Um, what's on your radar? Um, well, there, there's, actually, there's a bunch of different tracks and, um, uh, I guess there's there's one panel I was interested in that has to do with um, institutional food. Uh, what can we do with institutional food, and, and what are the sort of models and you know uh, exciting trends that that can be uh, looped in? Um, and, and this is a group that that's you know looked at some of those things. So that that's a panel that I want to see. You know, and I I'm not sure if the guy from University of Massachusetts is going to be there or not. But at UMass, which is like the big local. Uh, university for me we have five universities right near where i live but this is the biggest one and they have a huge number of students something like forty thousand or something and they're buying a prodigious amount of local food and and their food services manager you know who came out of a very institutional sort of marriott background is has figured out such an incredible uh, system for buying so much um, good quality, nutritious food that's produced locally, um, so that's the sort of um, storyline that I'm I'm going to be looking for while I'm there. 
So there you have a little preview of next week's episode of the Agro Innovations Podcast with Eric Hoffner. And I have to say thank you for Eric for arranging the interview with Danielle. He was the one who notified me and made me aware of the Food Tank event. And Danielle, although she has been very, very busy getting ready for this upcoming conference, uh, she was very gracious with her time and um, very proactive in terms of helping to get the interview scheduled. So thank you to both Eric and Danielle. And as I mentioned, you can hear Eric Hoffner uh, in much more detail about his work and ideas on next week's episode of Agro Innovations. And then following that, I will have uh, James Robinson, who is from Rafi, and he will be talking about crop insurance. And just to give you a little preview of that, uh, there have been some really big developments in crop insurance for um, entire farms or whole crop insurance, I believe it's called, or whole farm insurance. Uh, James will have all the details on that for you. Uh, in the upcoming interview, and that will be published in about two weeks' time. So if you, particularly if you are a producer or if you are someone who supports agricultural producers, you really want to listen to that episode of Agro Innovations to learn about the developments in agricultural insurance, which I know is not necessarily the most exciting topic for a lot of people, but it is very, very important and I think if you tune into that interview, you will realize why. Also upcoming is an interview uh, with someone who is very involved nationwide with uh, forestry. And he is, in fact, the director of the largest uh, forestry philanthropic institution in the United States. And so he will be here to tell us all about that and to tell us about many of the issues that uh, forest managers are facing, forest uh, landowners and foresters and um, the communities that are uh, largely covered by forest, which is about a third of the United States. So if you're interested in issues related to forestry, you won't want to miss that either. And we'll be talking a lot about uh, some issues that I have addressed here previously, recently, in terms of wood biomass and small diameter wood. So if those are topics that interest you, please uh, stay tuned for that as well. Now, also... I mentioned, and this is for particularly for the frequent listeners of this podcast, uh, that I will be in South America. I mentioned that while I was talking to Eric, and yes, it is true. I will be going back to um, my home away from home in some ways of Bolivia uh, here soon. In fact, I will be uh, in Bolivia a week from today. Today is Wednesday, January 14th. So expect uh, the podcast to maybe not be produced as frequently, but also expect me to be producing some material from Bolivia. So if you are interested in what's happening in Bolivia, it has, and if you get on the Agro Innovations blog and click on the Bolivia category, you will know that I have written extensively about Bolivia and its ongoing transformation from um, a neoliberal colony to a social indigenous democracy. And uh, Bolivia has changed a lot in some ways and hasn't changed at all in other ways uh, since I first started writing. So if you're interested to know more about Bolivia or if you have uh, some kind of connection to Bolivia, 
then please stay tuned to both the Agro Innovations blog and also the Agro Innovations podcast because there will be a lot more information upcoming on Bolivia. Um, and if you're just interested in general in what's happening either in Latin America or the developing world, uh, those may be some good, you know, agroinnovations.com may be a good place for you to check in from time to time. So again, follow me on Twitter at agroinnovations. Uh, there's a link to the agroinnovations podcast Facebook page um, on the agroinnovations.com website. If you'd like to support this podcast, please donate. And there will be much more to come. Thank you very much to Eric Hoffner and to Danielle Nuremberg for participating in this episode. Thanks to all the folks at Food Tank who are doing all this great work to put this event together. This and all episodes of the Agro Innovations podcast are released under a Creative Commons attribution, share like 3.0 license. To learn more about that, you can visit creativecommons.org. This is the Agro Innovations podcast. I am your host, Frank Aragona. Until next time, saludos. Saludos.